I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy from Takshashila Institution. My name is Sachin Kalbag and I'm senior fellow here at Takshashila, which is India's premier public policy school. Today I want to take you a little off course on the serious topics we discuss about every day to a very very serious topic and that is the performance of the Mumbai team in the country's biggest domestic tournament, the Ranji Trophy. Mumbai or Bombay as it was called earlier has won the trophy a record 41 times since the 1934-35 season when the tournament first began data shows that an average mumbai tends to win the trophy once every 2 or 3 years and has won the title on consecutive occasions at least on five different occasions so clearly mumbai dominates or had dominated the tournament however the last time it won the prestigious title was in 2015 2016 to 8 years ago it did reach the final last year but lost to madhya pradesh today i have with me clinton murzello one of india's top sports editors he's the group sports editor at midday he's a cricket statistician a mumbai cricket encyclopedia he's a historian of all things mumbai cricket he hosts a mumbai cricket podcast himself and easily is one of the most respected names in sports journalism in the country and abroad welcome to all things policy clayton thank you sachin great to be on your show thank you clayton once again i just want to dive right into the whole topic you recently wrote in your midday op-ed that how mumbai not reaching the knockout stages of the ranji trophy was blasphemous how would you rate the quality of mumbai cricket since it last won the ranji title in 2015 2016 keeping in mind of course that mumbai did reach the final last year but lost but this year it won against weaker teams but when it came to stronger teams it didn't perform particularly well yes as i said that not qualifying for the ranji trophy knockouts is unacceptable considering you have a legacy you have the talent your players have all the facilities possible what i'm saying is that there's no good reason not to qualify because you have all the talent available but yes your key players are aware on it but that's something which mumbai has come to accept over the years In 1970-71, there were five players away in the West Indies. Yet the young side under Sudhir Naik won. Same thing happened in 1980-81. So having your top players playing for India cannot uh, hold as an excuse. Mumbai has the legacy, has the talent, and there's no reason why they should not proceed. And Mumbai, despite it being one of the most you know challenging teams to get into, had a pipeline of extremely talented players. Do you think that those talented players, those that pipeline, is not providing the number of talented players that a, that a team like Mumbai needs now? Yes, I think so. There is not an issue about talent, but I think harnessing that talent, giving that talent the right kind of exposure before they get lunchy ranks, that is the problem. I don't think the club structure is all that ideal. There should be more emphasis on club cricket, which actually was the bedrock of Mumbai cricket. I don't see that happening now. I don't see that emphasis, that awareness, that trust given to club cricket. Why do you think this is happening, Clayton? Is it a matter of priorities? Because 
international cricket has taken priority amongst at least amongst the tv broadcasters and the general media and because of which perhaps you know club cricket or school cricket is not getting the same attention it used to get earlier even a premier tournament like the kanga league is only spoken about once in a while and not as part of the every year routine of mumbai cricket i think it boils down to the administration because you cannot expect players to schedule tournaments the players go according to what the administration decide so if the administration decide that look we want to change our club structure you can't expect the players to do that the players are expected to perform but if you won't give them the right kind of platform to perform i think you're doing a great disservice to them and i think that's what's happening in is it then a question of economic scale is it about money at the grassroots level is it about the culture at the grassroots level is it because schools are paying too much attention to academics and not sports or is it that administrators have moved away from grassroots cricket and focusing completely on national tournaments national tournaments no i don't think there is a problem in the focus of grassroots level tournaments there are grassroots level tournaments the inter school tournaments are well run but at the same time i think they have they have to be relooked at i mean you have inter school tournaments on a t20 basis where are you going to develop those quality players when you play t20 yes the t20 format stops when they reach closer to the uh, climax of the tournament but you you start off with t20 so that has to change even keeping with modern times that has to change you got to get more selective in your teams you can't have everyone playing t20 one of the arguments clayton even during the ranji trophy this year especially amongst mumbai fans was that why shouldn't even a non knockout stage match be a four day on four days game do you think that there are cogent arguments for making a ranji trophy a five day tournament throughout the tournament and not a four day tournament in the beginning and then a five day tournament later on no i don't have a problem with it being a four day tournament i think it's fine because games do end up inside four days also So I think the Ranji format is fine, but Mumbai cricket basically has to work on its grassroots. And by grassroots, I don't mean tournaments as such. I mean the re-looking of tournaments, the re-looking at the format, the awareness. Everyone has to be more aware in Mumbai cricket, and I think that is not happening. You know, there was a time where club secretaries used to be associated with the clubs. They were synonymous with clubs. I don't think there is enough involvement there. and unfortunately the emphasis on votes nowadays yeah you yourself clayton were part of a club earlier and since you've seen club cricket you know on a day to day basis you manage clubs and then you know in your role as a sports editor you've looked at how uh, tournaments are organized how administrators you know look at tournaments and harness the talent in in mumbai cricket how do you see this change has taken place i can hear the angst in your uh, although you're calm in your voice but i can i can sense the angst you know about your love for mumbai cricket coming out yeah see let's talk about the kanga league so kanga league should be the premier tournament it is in many ways not the premier tournament okay you can say that you know weather has played a big part in downgrading this tournament because the monsoons end till october and your grounds are not or when your grounds have to be ready there is you know they face hurdles in terms of weather the rain spoils the pitches but that has to be sorted out you have to relook at the kanga league i mean you know it pains me to say so but let's have a, a look at the kanga league and let's consider it as a non monsoon tournament so you make changes but you make it more meaningful rather than you know letting it wither away 
Yes, I mean, it's a, you know, chicken and egg situation, isn't it, Clayton? Because the, the whole debate around Kangali for nearly a decade now has been, should we consider it as a non-monsoon tournament? But at the same time, if you consider that, then it loses the very flavor of it being a monsoon tournament and the challenges of it being a monsoon tournament. That dichotomy will still remain, isn't it? Basically, you've got to be brave enough to shrug off traditional. I mean, don't look at tradition for the timing. Just look at your cricket. If you think your cricket is going to benefit, then do it. There will be a few voices of dissent and things like that. But you, you've got to cope with that in the interest of your cricket. You're talking about the grassroots uh, thing. Can you elaborate that a bit? Can you expand on that a bit, Clayton? Because as as our listeners would, you know, would try to understand, there was a time when... Indian cricket was synonymous with Bombay cricket and Bombay cricket vice versa, but no longer. I mean, we barely have a Mumbai cricket player in the Indian national team. Yes, the captain is from uh, Mumbai, but there are hardly any other players who made their presence felt in the test side. Whereas at one point of time, as you pointed out in the 1971 series, five of the uh, players were from Mumbai, Bombay as it was called then. Is it symptomatic of the decline of Mumbai cricket? Or do you think that simultaneously policies of other cricket boards, you know, boards that were poor, considered quote-unquote poor at one point of time, have now emerged as one of the prime movers of talent in the country? Rather than discrediting Mumbai cricket, I would give credit to the other state associations who have really picked up. Yes, IPL has had a role to play in that. But even before IPL emerged, the other state associations got smarter. They started having talent hunt schemes. They started improving their cricket. They started improving the infrastructure. They cast their net wider. I think rather than discrediting Mumbai cricket, we've got to you know, really give a big thumbs up to the other state associations. And in the bargain, Mumbai has suffered. But so be it. I am comfortable with that. But that is not a reason that you should lower your standards. Yes, I mean, I was coming to that, in fact, because... While we are happy that other state boards and this should bode well for the health of Indian cricket, other state boards, you know, are doing really well. Over the last 10-15 years, we've seen Tamil Nadu emerge as one of the primary, you know, states where, you know, there is so much grassroots cricket, not only as players, but also as administrators, as umpires, people who participate at the grassroots. Jharkhand has come out really well. Bihar has come out really well. Gujarat has done really well. Uh, so all of these state boards you know, have done really well in harnessing talent. Saurashtra has become such a major force in national cricket. Saurashtra is a classic example. I mean, there was a time where Bombay used to consider a Saurashtra game a walkover. I mean, a cakewalk. Not anymore. Yeah. And look where they are in the Ranji Exactly. And they're now competing really hard with traditional Ranji Trophy giants such as Karnataka or Delhi or Mumbai uh, and giving them a run for the money. Yeah. So where do you... uh, You look at Delhi. Delhi has had a bad year, no doubt. It's, it's not a good time to talk about Delhi. But even Delhi has, you know, despite their system, which is very wonky at times, they have produced some good batsmen for it. So where do you think Mumbai can improve? Rather than saying that, you know, uh, what others have done, I want to bring back the focus to, you know, the policies that are, that govern, you know, grassroots level cricket. Is it a case of laziness? Is it a case of that people are disinterested in grassroots cricket and because of which they're Talent harnessing and the talent spotting, which Mumbai was really, really famous for uh, at one point of time, is not really happening. Uh, even in your op-ed recently, you spoke about how selection, you know, at even the Ranji Trophy level is not consistent. 
So all of these things combined, can you expand a little bit, uh, Clayton, on, on these issues? Yes, uh, what I would like to see, which used to take place in earlier years, I would like to see the involvement of a lot of prominent former test and first-class cricketers. I think that is lacking. Why is this lacking? Maybe the association is not making them feel wanted. Maybe the association is just looking at easy options to rope in as key influential figures in Mumbai cricket. Uh, for example, you know, uh, your, your indoor academy. Your indoor academy should be he- uh, headed by a test cricketer. Right. I'm not saying that a non-test cricketer cannot do a good job, but status matters. And status has always mattered in Mumbai cricket. For example, if Dilip Sardesai was a Bombay selector, he was also a university selector. So, you know, that level of, uh, there was that level of involvement. I mean, not only at the Ranji Trophy level, but Dilip Sardesai knew every Bombay university player also. Yes. I'm just giving you one example. When you and I were, you know, on, on the field reporting and we used to often spot Dilip Fengsarkar, you know, Chandrakant Pandit, all these yeah. giants of Mumbai cricket sitting in the stands and quietly observing even school cricketers so that they can Correct. be roped in. And that is how, you know, great cricketers like uh, Tendulkar or Vinod Kambli uh, or Sanjay Manjrekar were spotted and, and, and they brought into the, the Ranji Trophy fold. Is, is that not happening anymore? And if it is happening, then... Where are we lacking? That is not happening anymore because I feel the big names in Mumbai cricket are not made to feel welcome in the setup. And that has to change. Hopefully, the new dispensation will change that. Get in more big names. Again, I'm not saying that big names will solve all your problems. But when there is status, when there is reputation in the face of it all, I think things change because people are inspired by those. I will give you a small example. Ravi Shastri in the late 70s was playing a club game at Cross Medan. He was playing at this MD Union pitch, and which is which is not far away from the Bombay Jhumka. He was playing for Karnataka versus Dada Union at MD Union. Dada Union was a very big club, and Ravi knew that you know if he gets runs against Dada Union, he would be in contention for one. But there was another factor to that innings. There was another motivating factor in that innings. Dilip Sardesai walked across from the Bombay Jhumka to the National Cricket Club and stood under a tree there and watched Ravi Shastri. And Ravi Shastri knew Dilip Sardesai was watching him. And it made a big impact on him. He wanted to get runs not only for himself, not only for his club, but also to get watched by Dilip Sardesai and get noticed. That is the involvement I'm trying to get at. Yes. That is not happening in Mumbai. When a new player was recruited by the Dada Union club, uh, there used to be a crowd to watch this new player at the next. Who is this new player that Dada Union has got? I don't expect the same kind of uh, awareness, but at least 10%. Yes. Clayton, for the benefit of our listeners, can you name some of the famous Dadar Union players or some of the famous cricketers that have passed through the club structure in Mumbai and made it great internationally? Well, I'll talk about the 1970s. If you look at the club structure of the 1970s, Dadar Union were blessed with Gavaskar, Vengsarkar, Ramnath Parkar. Uh, you take a club like Hindu Jimkana, PJ Hindu Jimkana, they had Ashok Mankar, Rahul Mankar, Tiknath Solkar. Then you go across to Karnataka, you had Ravi Shastri, you had Shishi Ratangadi. All the big names play. So all these big names mattered. All these big names also came through the ranks. These cricketers were not only great at the international level, but they also came back to Mumbai and played Kangali actively or Ranji Trophy actively or even participated in club cricket. Mirlan at one point of time was, you know, has had a great team in corporate cricket, for instance. So, Clayton, you are essentially saying that, uh, you know, some of the greats of the 
that were involved in the disaster. One, it's no longer happening. Two, I think the bigger question is what will get them to come back to the headlines of Mumbai? Well, it's it's a very simple thing that they should get the feeling that they are wanted, they are exposed to someone, and the association values their contribution. I think whatever has happened has happened, but I think the association should take fresh guard and get in these big names to come in and contribute and give them the importance. When you, when you say yeah, the importance they deserve, do you mean that you know, get them you know, to be part of some committee, some talent hunt committee, so that you know they can they can travel, they can be given uh, adequate compensation? Will all this be part of the you know the the, the solution that you are talking about? Yes, uh, make it totally as professionally uh, produced as possible. Uh, give them uh, a good compensation. They are mostly all of them are retired, although they get a good pension from the board and a good pension from the NCF. I think it should be professionally handled, and I think we'll get the results. I'm not saying that you know pull in all uh, big names because that cannot guarantee success, but pull in some level of big, names, some amount of big. Names. On that note, Clayton, we're just taking a short break. We will return as soon as as these messages end. Sure. Clayton, I think you brought up an inter- interesting point just before the break, and that was get the greats of Mumbai cricket to get involved at the grassroots level, make them feel wanted. You know, we, we've seen both you and I have been tracking Mumbai school cricket, for instance, for a long, long time now. And some of uh, Mumbai's best cricketers have evolved from uh, the school structure in Mumbai. How much do you think the school structure has so far contributed to Mumbai cricket? And do you think that in the current uh, scheme of things, school cricket should play and uh, will play a major, major role in the quote-unquote revival of uh, Mumbai cricket? Uh, yes, uh, traditionally, school cricket has contributed immensely to Mumbai cricket. But uh, if you ask me to compare Iraq, uh, I think what used to happen here was there was some follow-up from schools to college. You went to university. At the same time, players got involved in A-division clubs. So there was a process in uh, Here, it's, you know, I would say it's a bit pitchy. I mean, what, what does uh, a player do after he graduates from uh, you know, school-level College-level cricket is as good as English University cricket is finished. So there has to be an all there has to be a revolution in Mumbai cricket to get back on track. Yes, I mean you make an interesting point there because earlier, you know, some of the you know people who graduated, like you pointed out, graduated from uh, school cricket had an avenue to showcase their talent in college and international uh, college and university level cricket. No longer the case. So uh, do you think that these are also you know, policy level decisions that universities have to take or will the Mumbai Cricket Association have to negotiate better with, with academic institutions to get uh, teams restarted? Where exactly is the gap that, and how can we fill that? I think Mumbai Cricket Association has to be proactive, even if they are not involved totally. Like the schools cricket is organized only by the Mumbai School Sports Association and the MCA supports the tournament. But I think they have got to be proactively involved in the tournament. Likewise in college cricket, likewise in university cricket. 
which means you will meet more and more you know top level i mean kind of a you know ironic thing here but the top level foot soldiers to uh, yeah. go and tell colleges and universities to come and play in the maidans so that we can get the you know at, at that level cricket pre started you got to do that because after university cricket you got to also look at even office cricket right you also you also have to look at jobs for cricketers cricketers are not secure yes most of the cricketers don't have jobs so they are depending on you know their selection in ranji trophy and then making a good living out of it which is so trying to firstly the players have to be secure yeah. if you don't have your players secure yeah then you're not going to give them that motivation to proceed absolutely which is not trying to get the example of tamil nadu leeton where you know very close relative of mine plays and i have seen that the even umpires the grounds people the people who are maintaining the maidans are all well taken care of throughout the year it is not just during the playing season but also throughout the year and that is something that makes them feel wanted makes them feel important and they then themselves get it more thus strengthening a grassroots level uh, cricket i this uh, you know there was this uh, ceo of a major major brand who tweeted a nice story about how he was once on his way to uh, umpire at a local game and one other umpire told him can you please not go today uh, because see you are very well secure in your corporate job but another umpire needs uh, that job because uh, he needs the money to uh, sustain his family and this person uh, readily agreed and the fact is that since then uh, even umpires uh, grassroots level umpires cricket umpires are all uh, taken care of fairly well so uh, so i would guess that economics in terms of finance is not the problem but economics in terms of application of how to you know channel those funds is uh, something that we need to relook at as i said there has to be a revolution on both fronts on the cricketing front and in the administration well administrators can say oh we have been doing our best over the years but no i think if if you cricket if you are not winning the ranji trophy uh, you know at least every 2 3 years then there is something seriously wrong with you and that has to be re- uh, you know reorganized there has to be a lot of thinking and that is where i think the new dispensation should be different than the earlier later i want to ask what is a team like saurashtra doing that is bringing up their level of cricket to now clearly dominating national cricket what has changed over the last few years that has uh, made this possible? i think i think in my humble opinion i think there is far greater involvement from their former players. the administration is strong and again you got to make form of cricketers feel wanted to come into the system i think they are getting it right there and do you, do you think other uh, better teams uh, are the not better teams in terms of performance but you know teams that have improved a lot over the last decade or so have managed to do that successfully yes and obviously coaching has got a lot to do with it the high quality of coaching also has got a lot and if you go around if you go around asking coaches yeah. about the standard of play they will be very negative about the standard of uh, mumbai cricket and mumbai was its grass house coaches isn't it i mean yes. people like ramakant achekar of course is famous but even a person like kiran asher who went uh, completely unknown in the national media but was a legend in mumbai cricket in terms of coaching and we've had several coaches who passed away recently in the last 3 to 4 years and they were mourned uh, by the entire cricketing fraternity here but they were hardly known outside mumbai 
So despite their extremely you know diligent work culture, uh, they brought up uh, some of the best school cricketers up to the Ranji Trophy level. Is that also something missing right now from the maidans of Mumbai cricket? It is, it is, and you know the MCA have got their uh, put their heads around this problem because if you don't get the uh, significant people from the fraternity into your cricketing system, then you'll always have this problem. I feel that is the main problem in Mumbai. The right people are not in the right roles. So essentially, you're talking about rebuilding the ecosystem, right? Because it's not just about cricketers, but it's also about administrators. It's also about the groundsmen. It's also about... Yes, you have to have a frank assessment of... I mean, there should be no emotion shown. Right. You know, friends uh, Friends can't be picking their friends as coaches and selectors. And You've got to have a very unbiased approach to this. Right. But do you see, do you see slivers of hope in you know what what has been happening over the last couple of years especially after covid oh yes i feel because uh, you know basically administrators also are very proud individuals they want their state association to fare well but only thing i i think what is lacking is they're not taking that extra step once they take that extra step i think things will be in place i think you have a better system than before mm-hmm. so Mumbai, right from top to bottom yes okay Clayton, thank you very much for uh, you know visiting our Takshashila All Things Policy podcast. And I really am grateful that you spent more than half an hour talking to us on this very, very, to my mind, interesting and important topic for uh, cricket fans in the country. Uh, not from a, you know individual cricketer's point of view, but you yeah. looked at uh, Mumbai's cricket history and how it was rich at one point of time and what can be done to revive uh, Mumbai cricket. Thank you once again, Clayton. And I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you. And my parting shot is to be that, you know, it would be a big tragedy if Mumbai don't get it right. Yes. Because if Mumbai can't get it right, then who can? Let's mm-hmm. let's say this. Absolutely. You're, and on that note, uh, thank you, Clayton. We'll end this episode and uh, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks. Pleasure. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in